Welcome to the Spurs News Podcast, your home for all things Spurs. And now, let's join our hosts. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Spurs News Podcast. I am Sam, and I'm pleased to say I'm joined again by Matt. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm very well, mate. Yeah, looking forward to uh, domestic football again. Yeah, international break's always weird. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Although, I've got to admit, I did kind of enjoy the England-Spain game. See, this is this is what's happened with me. I, I, I didn't watch it, and I could have watched it. Wow. I feel really annoyed at myself that I didn't watch it. And I'll tell you the reason why. Mm. It's because, a World Cup aside friendlies and I know it's not a, technically a friendly yeah, yeah, is it no, but I, I just get in the enthusiasm to, to watch it and I wish I had now because it sounds like an absolute cracking game and well, I have watched the highlights of it and it it looked really good. It, it was it was a game where England tactically looked good um, set up on the counter and it worked and it was kind of like this is frighteningly efficient this is yeah. looking good you know 3-0 up at half time but the whole tone was set by Eric Dyer absolutely clattering Ramos. Uh, I mean, I, I've basically got that video of it happening on repeat on my phone. I'm confident I'm going to have it played at my funeral. <laughs> uh, I, I think I shared it with you, in fact, just basically like, this is why I love him. Yeah, it's, that is, that's the Eric Dyer that we love, isn't it? And yeah. I will say, how ridiculous. It was Not only was it called a foul, but yeah, had a car. Yeah. He clearly oh, wins the yeah. ball, doesn't he? He wins the ball, takes the man, but yeah, it was a bit stupid. I mean, Ramos afterwards said it was a great tackle. So, yeah. you know, yeah. he, he, I like him. I yeah. like Ramos. I know everyone hates him in Verka. I like him. I've always well, liked him. It, I'd love it, him at Tottenham. He's <laughs> successful, Sam, isn't he? I mean, that's the he's, day. He's an asshole. <laughs> but he wins. And yeah. and he does it with this smile on his face, which makes it, winds people up. And of course, you know, Liverpool fans hate him, which automatically makes him great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mo Salah. <laughs> hadn't done that for a while needed to be done so mate a, a bit like last week really got loads to talk about I've got I've got various uh, segments I understand there will be a match stats this week yes it's kind of Spurs related and not Spurs related directly oh, but I'm oh, hoping that people find it interesting oh, oh, oh this could be a controversial match <laughs> stats non, non Spurs related you know what you know what it could be we could be going back to our analogy the uh, the high street analogy if I yeah. get any any uh, bad feedback on it oh don't don't I can't <laughs> so, so last week on the podcast people who listen every week thank you and you'd have heard this if this is the first one you're listening to I, I and Matt joined me. By the way, I didn't tell him before I was going to do this. He just joined straight in, which was wonderful. <laughs> had a little bit of a rant. I had a little bit. I had a few things I needed to just get off my mind. You know, just get it out there. And it was mostly around people finding the negative in anything, and it is just so wearing. But within a couple of days of the podcast going live, we posted something, and sure enough, right there. One of the comments, someone just laid it straight in there. And I, I basically posted about uh, England result against Spain and obviously how well the Tottenham players did and threw in there some stats that were being shared by everyone, like BBC, Sky, etc., which is the stats for England finally beating Spain in Spain. It had been a long time and, you know, Tottenham are an English club. 
we have a lot of English qualified players. If all fit, we could have had six players in that squad. Mm. Probably would have, looking mm. at the team, looking at our players. So, to to say that the first comment was along the lines of, it's not Tottenham related, who cares? was just, really? <laughs> Has this person got the inability to look at something and go, oh, well, that's that's interesting or not interesting to me. I'm going to carry on with my life. No, no, they took the time to write a comment and who cares? Well, yeah. lots of people cared, actually, my friend. As you'll notice, there are over 200 people who have clicked the like button, some even the love button. <laughs> I don't go that far clicking the love button on Facebook. To me, sounds perverted. But I, I just, oh, I don't get it. I, I don't, I can't. And so I, I replied to the gentleman, and then you replied, and in the end I had to walk away just thinking, do you know what, you've made an ass of yourself. Lots of people are now laughing at you. That's it. I don't need to say anymore. <laughs> yeah, do, do, do you know what, Sam? I, it, it sort of reminds me. I mean, I'd, like, I've mentioned it in previous podcasts, but I used to uh, work on the uh, on the trains, and you'd, yeah. you'd get these. You'd get a, a, a something that, like, what, one of the things that used to happen a lot. I used to have to do. I hated doing it, but I used to have to do ticket inspecting, and it was just I hated it. It just wasn't me. It's not my personality. Some people love being ticket inspectors, traffic wardens. It gets what's, <laughs> get, it's what gets yeah. them up in the morning. But for me, it wasn't. But I, but one of the little techniques I learned was um, if someone was on my train, because obviously I could I could operate it whether it moves to its next stop. If yeah. someone hadn't didn't have a ticket, I'd basically just stop the train and do an announcement and say, "Ladies and gentlemen, we're not going anywhere until this person gets off the train." Because normally they go, oh, "I'm not getting off. I'm not getting off. Make me." But as soon as you made that announcement, you watched yeah. the whole train turn on this one person. Yeah. And I'm not saying that these everyone turned on this guy, but, but you could tell by the fact that every, not, you know, not once, I, I, you know, I'm not going to say that I don't think he was being bullied, but people were saying, "Look, you're an idiot." You know, it's a stupid comment. <laughs> and when you see that, you realise that yeah. the majority of people just they don't have that kind of negative view. Of no, life and, and it helps. It helped me a lot because yeah. I, I was very jaded. Well, you had my oh, rant last week, and then and then for us to go like a couple of days, and for me to see it again, I was like, oh, this is getting exhausting. <laughs> but yeah, to to see people laugh it off as well was really quite a positive thing. So yeah. there are people out there like minded, and that yeah, helps. Sure. Yeah, so I'm speaking to you. Any of you negative gits, sort of. <laughs> but yeah, if if you if you generally have got a smile on your face, or at least want to smile, because that's the thing. I get annoyed and aggravated about Tottenham sometimes, and I get in a right Marty git, and I need to be left on my own for a bit, which is fine. <laughs> Everyone gets like that. But I want to be better. I think sometimes these people look at positive things. They're like they like they want to be miserable. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Don't don't do that. Don't don't be that guy. Um. <laughs> so yeah. So we got loads to talk about. Uh, first things first. We've had some breaking team news. Uh, the breaking team news as we record, because of course this is uh, one o'clock as we are recording, is that Christian Eriksen and Moussa Dembele, who both missed their respective internationals, we've raised eyebrows from their international coaches, are both now fit to play. Tottenham Hotspur, are you pulling a Manchester United on us? <laughs> if you are, well done. And someone nobble Kane before the next set of internationals, please, and tell him he's got a muscle injury or something. <laughs> But yeah, to, no, to be I'm fair delighted. though, they were they were injured before the, the internationals, weren't they? So it wasn't oh, like we just no. pulled them out for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. But uh, they're both back, so Dembele and Eriksen are both fit and ready for selection. Whether they're uh, match fit or whether they're potty 
Pacino fit, of course, is a different, <laughs> it's an entirely different kettle of fish, and we'll see if they start or perhaps both make the bench. Uh, I mean, we're playing West Ham United this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are a, a team in London. If people weren't aware of who they are, uh, it's a small club. <laughs> but they rent, don't, don't they rent some athletic stadium? I yes, think, mate, two, that's them. Two, two Bob yeah. Club at the rent, rent an athletic stadium. You got right? it, mate. Yeah, they don't have their own ground. They they yeah. rent one, the National Olympic Stadium. Bless them, so poor that uh, it's had to be subsidised by the taxpayer. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're uh, run by a couple of guys who made their money from selling dildos. So <laughs> it's a it's a really classy club to be real, real class, from, yeah. From top to bottom, and and their most famous player was a guy called Bobby Moore, captain of England in the '66 World Cup, who was a uh, who was dying to join Tottenham. Um, <laughs> so the person they worship as their best ever player. Wanted to play for us. Let's just put that. Out there. <laughs> oh, do, do you know, Sam? I went. Um, there's a West Ham fan, particular West Ham fan, yeah. that just is on my case all the time. And when I was at the Cardiff, when I was at the Cardiff game, I uh, yeah. at Wembley. Obviously, you got that Bobby Moore uh, statue outside. Yes, yes, you did. You I did, did a I did a picture. selfie of the two of two of us, and I sent it to him, and just put the word "yiddos" underneath, and left it there, and it, no response. Oh, <laughs> oh man, I bet that hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, let, let that one great for a while. Um, yeah, I mean, we play in this weekend. Uh, it's their cup final, um, mm-hmm. which means it's going to be a damn difficult game for us. We need to be at 100%. Uh, I want us to go there and win. Um, I genuinely think we got a great chance against them because uh, I know it's at their ground. It's a big open space, which suits Ericsson being back. going to help us loads. Uh, he'll be able to pick passes and drift into space. But their manager now isn't a Sam Allardyce type who's going to tell him, right, guys, 10 men behind the ball, kick lumps out of Tottenham, it's a derby. Mm. He's a manager who's going to want him to go out and play. Yeah. And I I could be wrong in this, and people, you know, this could slap me in the face, but if we show up, which we really need to, if we show up, I think we'll win simply because they're not going to be playing this mad 10 men behind the ball. And if teams open up against us, we typically do a lot better. Yeah, you're right. I completely agree. And it's, it's you know, we don't know if they're going to be in the um, in the starting eleven. but if Ericsson and Dembele are back fit and yeah. are able to play, that's a massive, massive... Ericsson back in the team are just... I can't come too soon. <laughs> really yeah, it's, it's a massive boost. I mean, he, he hasn't been in great form so far, but... He is still he, his work rate and what he does. He, he sets yeah. the press, and you against West Ham. I just think he'll get a little bit of space and he'll mm. be able to do it. Um, the one thing that does concern me is obviously our defensive record so far. It's not been great. Uh, Larice is back, um, but obviously seems to be having a real confidence problem. Um, I'm hoping he's had a couple of good games for France. Uh, you know, he's settled back in now. And hopefully we won't see a kind of rush of the head like against Barcelona or anything like that again. Uh, and hopefully him being back will give the confidence. Uh, Toby played very well for Belgium. So he'll probably be alongside Sanchez, who also played very well for Colombia the other night in their draw. Uh, sorry, in their win. Um, I'll tell you what I did watch the other night. I'm going to talk about him in a segment in a bit. I watched Cameron Carter-Vickers play for the USA. Okay. He's looking better all the time. 
Yeah. January, and everyone forgets he's the same age as Sanchez, mm. which I know a lot of people say, well, we've spent 40-odd million on Sanchez. Clearly, there's levels between them. There is. Sanchez has played first-team football for a couple of years yeah. long, longer. Uh, but Carter Vickers is still fairly young. He feels like he's been around forever. I was going to um, say that. I was going to say exactly the same. He feels like he, yeah, he's been around forever. So to say he's the same age, I'm, I'm actually quite surprises me. Yeah, I mean, he did. Uh, he did. Let me think. He had first team football last season in the championship. He's getting it this season again, and yeah, it's it's interesting. I well, yeah, we'll talk more about it when I do a loan segment in a bit. But it was nice seeing him play for the USA the other night. He's a full international now, and he looks mm-hmm. the part. So yeah, looking looking better and sharper all the time for for getting games. There's a good argument to say that that's why Carl Walker Peters perhaps will be going out on loan. But we will we will get into that. Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, West Ham. I mean, what do you think, mate? Do you think we're going there with a? I mean, it's always a nervous one. I got to be honest. For all my stick, I'm giving them. They do get up to play us. Yeah, that's that's the thing, isn't it? I've mentioned it before. It's not just the players that get up for it, but the fans. Like you know, the, yeah. like you know, I've been being down here in London and and sort of mixing with a few West Ham fans. I know how much they hate it. They just really yeah. hate us. With a, yeah. you know, and I I, I, just, I think I might have said this before, and a West, particular West Ham fan said this, and he genuinely meant it when he said it. He said, "I'd rather see Spurs lose and us win." He said, "That's how much I hate yeah. you." Yeah, so they, so, so we're, lovely. Yeah, yeah, it's unbelievable, isn't it? I mean, that's, I mean, and it's it's not even he's not even one of these fair weather fans, like you know, he's got a West Ham toe and everything. He just they hate us so much for, for whatever reasons. I mean, I, I've got a couple of theories, but they they just do. And so when we go when we go away, when we go to their ground, the atmosphere is rocking, isn't it? And I'm, I'm glad yeah. it's a, a daytime kickoff because evening at their ground under the lights, you know, Upton Park, we had a few. Sort of dodgy no, results, and it'd be the same we? here. So I'm glad. Hopefully, that means that their fans haven't drunk as much as they probably would have done if they're going to the Evian. Speaking of uh, results against West Ham and stuff, it's a perfect time to say a very happy birthday to Canadian Spurs former player Paul Stolteri. Awesome. Do you remember that goal he scored oh against West Ham? Do I remember that goal? I think I've watched it about a oh, thousand times. Oh man, I <laughs> just loved that. I, I cry every time yeah. I watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I could just like genuinely. Like, they had it on um, on Sky on this one of the Sky Sports channels. They they'd rerun some old games and yeah. just out of complete like you know um, luck I, I found yeah. it on, on, on television yeah, so I recorded it games every now and again yeah. yeah so I quickly hit record Sky Plus it and I, Sam I've watched that game so many times I just love it and the thing I love most is they Bobby Zamora scored for them it was in something like the 86th minute wasn't it to make it 3-2 to them and as far as they were concerned they'd won and just watching their fans go absolutely berserk they've got one over on us and little did they know what the next 10 minutes was going to hold and this this is um, that, this leads me to one, one of my theories why they hate us so much because we just seem to get that, that last minute goal that killer goal against them so many times well Eric Dyer Gareth Bale are just Gareth little Bale. examples I can think Har- of Harry Kane the penalty in the 96th minute <laughs> Yes, a well-earned penalty as well. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I, I mean, I don't really... I mean, I think they hate us because Bobby Moore loved us and wanted to join us. And <laughs> yeah, he even recommended young players to join us over them. That's awesome. Oh, it's just, it just brought a smile to my face hearing that again. <laughs> of course, if you're wondering what we're referring to there, um, Matt had the honour and privilege and fun to sit down with Paul, a.k.a. Maxie Miller, 
uh, former Spurs player, and he told the story of how when he was a young lad coming through the academies and basically trying to find the right club for him, it was a friend of the family, Bobby Moore, who, who told him to go to Tottenham. And the reason why is because he always wished he'd played for Tottenham. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you've got to go there. I always wish I'd played for Spurs. Oh, <laughs> massive smile on my face. And I can just listen to that clip all day. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um, so, yeah, moving on from that, uh, other news. Uh, big news, potentially, for us is that the Fulham owner, whose name I'm not going to try and pronounce, by the way, I'm just going to say the Fulham owner, and he owns uh, the J- Jacksonville Jaguars in the NFL, has pulled out of buying Wembley Stadium. There appears to be contradicting reasons. His statement seems to think or seems to point out it was because of uh, Fulham fans and their concerns over being uprooted and moved to Wembley as their new home. And the FA are saying that, oh, we, we didn't want to sell it really anyway. Um, I think they just couldn't agree on a deal. Also, I think perhaps he had given the nod from the NFL that they're nowhere near moving an NFL franchise to London. Mm. I think he was thinking he could buy Wembley Stadium and move the Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, within a year or two. Um, in reality, I don't think the NFL are ready for that yet. Mm. Could be wrong, but it, that's that's the kind of scuttlebutt in America anyway that. Uh, but it is the Jacksonville Jaguars. It is the Jaguars that are constantly the team linked with being the ones that are uprooted and moved. So, do you know? Do you know what it is, Sam? Because they're Jaguars. <laughs> <laughs> no, go on. As I said, I thought you may know. I was like wondering no, whether the grounds um, no, terrible. Well, no, or... I, I, I can tell you that the NFL. I mean, the sport over there is very different to here. Everyone knows my opinion on the MK Dons. Um, over there, it's not unheard of for NFLs because they're franchises just to basically just up and leave a city. So, you know, you can... Uh, what's the most famous example? Probably the Raiders. Uh, they've been the Oakland Raiders, the LA Raiders uh, three or four times. You've then got the Rams who've been moved and now they're the LA Rams. Um, you've got a team being moved to Las Vegas soon. You've got... And the Jacksonville Jaguars have never been a very successful franchise. They've done very well over the last couple of seasons. But anyone who follows the international series for the NFL will notice that Jacksonville Jaguars are here every year. Yeah, That's not a coincidence. That's because they're trying to build a fan base here in London. And they're trying to get any existing fans used to the commute, perhaps a bit <laughs> insane. But in essence, that's what they're doing. They're trying to build that. The NFL signed a deal with Tottenham over the stadium. Uh, it's a 10-year deal. And I think the NFL, in those 10 years, were hoping to see, yeah, we could do something in London. I still think the NFL would prefer to create a London franchise rather than move a team because mm. it's... It's a lot of bad press for the NFL when a team moves. Because, mm. you, you know, think about Jacksonville. Does anyone know anything about Jacksonville around <laughs> anywhere in the world other than the fact they've got a team called the Jaguars? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, exactly. It's a place in Florida, by the way. Yeah. So, yeah, it... It, we'll, we'll wait and see on that, but it is actually good news for Tottenham. Now, I know a lot of people aren't happy with the NFL Association, and I want to kind of just talk on that very, very briefly. You've got to think about what gets you money as a football club. Now, one of the main things is with a new stadium is the naming rights. 
we're all going to call it the lane. <laughs> so mm, yeah. they could call it, you know, the Kleenex Bowl. I don't care. It's the lane to me. I don't give a crap. I genuinely don't. I've always been the same. So whatever they call it, they're going to name it. We as fans are going to call it the lane. But it's going to make the club a lot of money. Now, the reason why that makes money is because corporations want the association, one, with the club, but two, every single time there's a game there that's televised, they say, live tonight at the Nike Stadium, for argument's sake. Nike Stadium London hosting Tottenham versus whoever. Nike Stadium London hosting Tottenham. Now, the English Premier League has a fan base around the world. So immediately, and naming rights in a stadium for a Premier League club has got you good money. If you're a Champions League club as well, which is watched by even more people around the world, again, you can add a little bit more money to that. Now, you add into the fact that there's going to be two to three NFL games per year there as well, you've just opened up another 10 to 20 million people watching games Mm -hmm. at that stadium, and you've just opened up a whole other revenue stream. And you've opened up the American market. So big companies that are associated with the NFL, you think Ford, all of these massive American companies have arenas all over the USA. You know, the Ford Arena this, the whatever, the Chrysler Stadium, all these different things. And all of these companies are now looking at our stadium. There's been a big reason why we've not been able to nail anything down yet. And the big reason has been... That if that guy was buying Wembley, he was going to rebrand Wembley. (laughs) Mm. It was not going to stay Wembley Stadium. It was going to become such and such a stadium because that's what he was going to do. He wanted to bring his NFL team there. It wouldn't have been overnight, but that's what he would have done. So all the companies slammed the brakes on negotiations with us. Now, Daniel Levy had a meeting this week with uh, the Tottenham Hotspur Trust. Lots and lots of information from that. I've got a few bullet points which I was going to throw in at the end, but just because it links to this, a question he was asked, which was a question from a fan that the trust put to him, is uh, um, they didn't word it exactly how the fan did. The fan worded it, Daniel, you're never short of trying to grab a buck. Why don't we have a sleeve sponsor? The trust put it better than that (laughs) and just asked, inquired, is that not something we can do? And Daniel said the reason why we've not explored that is because it could jeopardise the conversations we're having over the stadium naming rights. Which would suggest to me that we're in negotiations with someone for a large partnership agreement which could include the stadium and the sleeves, you know, lots of different things. Yeah, do you know what? I'm glad you brought that up because it's always always maybe wonder, you know, because I think most of the, the Premier League teams have got a sleeve sponsor, haven't they? We've yeah, one they have, very yeah. few that haven't. Yeah, well, Dan raised it quite a while ago. When we did the first podcast when you were off, it was something Dan was wondering about. So I think he'd seen the Everton, you know, with the Angry Birds. And That's right. Whoever we were playing that particular weekend had a, a sleeve sponsor. Hmm. It's very, you know, for all our jokes, it's very unlike Daniel Levy not to cash in on any opportunity we can Mm. which is great you know that's what we'd expect from any responsible business owner but it it would appear the reason why we've not done that because i speculated before i wonder if it's because aia are our main sponsor and there's something in that which stops us from putting other people on the shirt you know because those agreements were signed before premier league allowed the sleeve sponsors yeah 
But it would appear not. It would appear that it's tied in with the stadium naming negotiations. Now, that is straight from the horse's mouth, so to speak. Um, One of the things from that, again, and it's something a lot of people have pointed out, there is only so many hours in a day. And Daniel Levy is project managing the stadium. He is in charge of negotiations when it comes to the naming rights because he fired the company he brought in to explore that. No wonder why contracts are hanging around and transfers aren't happening. Mm, you know, that's yeah. just me. I, I, there, there's a lot of people at the club doing a lot of roles, but he likes to keep it family. In essence, you know, he likes to keep it like Pochettino. Really, he would prefer to have a small squad and everyone, you know, working and fighting for each other. Daniel Levy prefers to have. You know, this is me. I'll handle that. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, when I was talk- when I was in that interview with Paul Miller, he, he was really impressing the point. The point that that's how they like to run the club. You know, everything that yeah. he wants to be, like, they want, want this kind of family yeah. dynamic kind of thing in the club. Yeah, and, and it is great, and I, and I do like that aspect of it. I do think sometimes, and uh, without wanting to be overly critical, I do think it's to the detriment sometimes. You can, you know, there's only so many balls you can throw in the air as a juggler before you start dropping them. Mm. And Daniel Levy has done a phenomenal job doing so many different things. But if you were to take, sort of, that was easy, (laughs) I put my teeth back in, sort of, take a step back and say, well, let's look at this. He's project managed the stadium and the stadium's pretty seriously delayed. Mm. He's in charge of the contracts for the players, and there's a lot of talk out there from agents saying talks are on hold because Daniel doesn't have time. So we got a lot of players not knowing what's going on. Not you know, there was talk months ago. Ericsson and Delhi's deals were signed. Now, everyone I spoke to that have got great connections to the club were like, "Yeah, yeah, they're done. I don't know why they've not announced it." And all of a sudden, it's like, well, it would appear that everyone's agreed, everything's done, and it's just not been signed. Yeah, really well, that 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 doesn't make sense. If the players and the agents and everyone are happy, surely the club wants to get the thing done straight away. But then it's pay rises, and the club are holding off. Now, in this conversation where the club was speaking with the trust, something else that came up is that they are having to cut costs because the stadium overrun has increased the cost. Now. Um, I work in financial services. I can tell you the type of funding for the stadium is designed to be short-term funding. And when you go over your uh, agreed time scale for that, the penalties involved are huge. And if you mm. talk about the sums of money involved in this, you're you're talking possibly like a million a week. Yeah. Huge. You know, mm. uh, you know, it is going to be massive. Now, the club have said that the three banks involved financing the whole thing are being very supportive well you know it's still a great project and they know they're going to get their money back there you know there's no thing on that but it is going to be costing the club a lot of money so again purely speculation but daniel levy not being available to do the contracts could actually be the club just thinking 
well, we need to keep all the cash at hand we can at the moment. Mm. You know, let's let's not sign anybody up yet. You know, oh yeah, trust me, yeah, that'll be done soon. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just a lot of things are on hold, aren't they? That's the thing. They just it is. until they they know how much they're going to get for like until they know when the stadium's finished, how much they're going to get for naming rights and stuff. They can't well, commit to anything, can they? No, they can't. But also, before we even go into the naming rights, once the stadium is actually complete and the keys are handed back, you know, metaphorically then the bank funder takes over the financing for the stadium. Now, so they've got a bank sat there who are like, yep, we, we, you know, we, we'll remortise that loan so it's not done on these short-term facilities anymore. And what that immediately does is the interest and the loan payments go from this kind of insane million-a-week overrun payments to basically being like a manageable loan repayment mm. that the club can easily afford from all of this existing... You know, that's that's why Daniel Levy for so long I gave a lot of credit to because when I looked at it with my background in financial services, etc., I looked at it all and went, wow, they've really learned from what happened with Arsenal, which was Arsenal uh, put everything into the stadium. Arsenal got a little bit ripped off on the hybrid deal, you know, really didn't do very well with that. And they had to sell players to balance the books for a long time. Mm. Um, you know, Arsenal now are very financially well off. But they had a good two, three seasons where, well, you'll remember, they literally had to sell players. You know, it wasn't a case of uh, doing it and Wenger doing it because he wanted to bring people through. They were stuffed and had to. Uh, They were losing two to three proper players a season. Mm. The whole way Daniel Levy did it was to make sure that we would not have to go down that road. So he created the short-term facilities. He got the bank on board ready to take it over and and the loan repayments from our existing turnover before the increase of turnover from the new stadium even is more than manageable. So it's all there. Unfortunately, the overrun means that like everything's kind of up in the air. And you know, you talked about that feeling of like homelessness. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, that really resonated with me. The more I thought about that in the week, the more I thought, yeah, that really hits the nail on the head because I think everyone's kind of feeling it from the fans to the players, to everybody involved in the club. It's just a really weird limbo time, and I, I think it's purely brought about by the uncertainty. It's it's funny because um, they're they're starting to send out. I think they've sent out all the packs for the the members. They have, and yeah. they're now starting to send out packs for the season ticket holders. So there's, you know, when you look on uh, on social media with Spurs fans who are season ticket holders, they'll go got my pack, and they'll yeah. they'll show a couple of pictures, and I haven't got mine yet, and. Like, it's really funny Aww. because <laughs> this is this is the thing. Like this, they're talking about you know thinking about things and like you know pondering on it. But I, like, you look at the pack right, and it's just it's, it's a few nice things in there. I think there's a key, yeah. an uncut key. Yeah, yeah, uh, I got that. Yeah, you got that as well. And there's some other bits and bobs. And obviously there's the the, the, the season ticket. So it's not it's not like oh it's not like opening an, an iPad or something, is no, it? You know. No, no. But I'm I'm really getting like upset that I haven't got mine, but. And I sort of thought to myself, why am I being upset? Because it's only a silly pack. But I think yeah. it is because of that feeling I've got. Like I feel like when I get my pack, it's it's a, it's almost like a it's another step towards being home again. You know, yeah. And that's what it is for me. It's not the physical pack I want. It's the the feeling of I'm I've got my season ticket. You know, it's happening. It's real. And until I get that, I, I still will be in this weird place. I think. Yeah. No, I hear you. 
Mate, imagine you're talking right now to Tottenham Hotspur, and I <laughs> right. want you to tell them how you feel about not having your pack, okay? Right. Yeah, I'd really like it if you could send me my pack, because I keep seeing other people with their packs, and it's making me really jealous, so could you please pull your finger out and send me my pack? Because it's really making me sad at the moment. <laughs> you okay? You alright? Do you need I a hug? So. I'm alright, I think. I'm alright. All right. All right. You, you take a minute, okay? I'll, <laughs> you take a minute and I'll tell everyone about our lone players. Cool, mate, yeah. I'll, just go, I'll go get a tissue and just cry into it for a couple of minutes. <laughs> Do you want an update on our players that are out on loan? Good! Because here it is. Okay, so our lone players... Our lone players, uh, Matt. Matt's taking a personal moment. Everyone, everyone, be cool. Matt. Matt's going to be right back with us. So uh, we have five players out on loan. Um, we have Cameron Carter-Vickers, who I was talking about earlier on. Cameron is at Swansea in the Championship. Now I was talking about how him getting game time is a really great thing. He's still only twenty years old. He's a full USA international now, which is amazing. Um, they play Aston Villa away on away this Saturday. Hopefully Cameron's going to feature. He has just played for the US, but for the last four games, he's been on the bench and not used, which is very frustrating for yeah. when you look at a lone player. But he was used in and out of the team. Now, obviously, he is there on loan. He is there as kind of a uh, squad, you know, to help them with their managing the season. And it is a long season in the championship. There are a lot of games for those guys. So he is going to get plenty of minutes. He's training at Swansea. Swansea have great facilities. It's a good club, to be honest with you, as much as it pains me to say it because it's in Wales. <laughs> but, yeah, um, he appears to be getting on very well there. So good luck to him. But like I said, they play Villa away this Saturday. So look out for that, see if he gets any minutes. Someone else who's on loan in the championship is Josh Onoma. Um, if Josh scores, I'm on the pitch. That's basically what I said constantly when he was with us. Uh, he's at Sheffield Wednesday. He played a full 90 minutes in a 2-1 win away at Bristol City, which really cheered up all my local friends. Uh, he also started against West Brom in a 2-2 draw. The best thing I can say about the loan, because he is he is starting games, or he's coming on as a sub, he's really regular. And the other thing as well, Josh is only just 21. So remember, he is still young, and remember, you know, Kane didn't break through till he was older. Mason, etc. These players that a lot of people are writing off because we're sending them off on loan. Don't write them off. Keep an eye on them. Now, Josh is playing central midfield, a la Musa Dembele role, the the position I've wanted to see Josh play for years. I I felt that's where England played him when they won the Under 19s World Cup. And it's just where I think he is really a talented player, box to box. Uh, keep an eye on that. They, I really, really think Josh still has something to play for Tottenham. Now, the next one, uh, next player is Connor. Connor Ogilvy. I'm saying that wrong, and I don't care. <laughs> uh, he's on loan at Gillingham. Now, Connor's 22. Uh, he turns 23 next February. He's in his final year with us. I genuinely believe that for Connor's sake, it's time for him to move on to another club. Now, I don't say that to be mean or horrible. He's a great player. He's a left-back. He's at Gillingham on loan covering left-back and left-sided central defence. Gillingham are having a poor season. 
uh, you know, so Connor's not having a lot of fun. It is a really tough loan for him. It's his second season there. Last season was a lot nicer, I think. But so far, yeah, it's been a real tough old loan. I think for Connor, the best thing for him is if the club can find a deal for him to, to move permanently somewhere. I think mm. it's time for him to set up a career in the English league and, and see where he can go. Next one is the one that most people want to talk about is Marcus Edwards. Now, Marcus is on loan to Excelsior in Holland. He's playing in their top flight. Uh, a quick reminder as well, Marcus is, again, only 20, okay? <laughs> he seems to have been around a long time, but he's still only 20. Um, he's played six times over there with one assist, no goals yet, and, of course, he got a red card. <laughs> His red card was for one yellow Quite a, um, shall I say, near-the-knuckle challenge. It was definitely a yellow. <laughs> and then he got a second yellow for diving, um, which uh, it was a dive Tom Daly would have been proud of. Let's just put it that way. So uh, it's a tough loan for him, um, but he's getting minutes every week, and that's great. He is. You've got to remember, this is actually his first ever time playing competitive football because his loan to Norwich was a disaster. You know, there's no point talking about that again. But this is his first time really playing first-team football, and he's playing every game. And he's playing in the same role, which is where I want to see him play, if you're going to liken him to Tottenham first-team, like Son, Lamella, uh, um, Lucas, that kind of role, the wide forward, uh, a part of a three-man midfield behind the striker. So there you go. He is if, playing well. I was going to say, if he, if he gets... Um... This, this, I think this could make or break his his kind of well, his career. Not, 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 yeah. not, I'm saying that you know we won't end up playing football, but if he can re- really make a go of this season yeah. and then you know impress Pochettino and possibly get you know get near the first team next season, yeah, he's he plays that like you say he plays that role which is exactly yeah. where yeah, where yeah, like yeah. that's a Spurs player role, isn't it? A, it is. An attack, you know, and he's endeared himself to the fans already. You know, with some of his performances, he, he is know, an entertaining sod. Yeah, he really is. He's yeah. a joy to watch. You watch the. Yeah, I, I talk about Eden Hazard and people like that. I know he plays for Chelsea, but. He's a joy to watch play football. You know, Messi, uh, he took us apart, but the guy's a joy to watch play yeah. football. He just yeah. really is. And Edwards, I put in that category. Not saying he's as good as that. I'm just saying he is a joy to watch play football because he beats people. He's skillful. He he does stuff which you sort of look at and go, "Wow, how did he get out of that? How did yeah. how did that happen?" Um, the kid can pick a pass. He he can shoot. He can dribble. He's got everything there. He's just this season, if he can put it all together and do it consistently and then come back for pre-season next summer and, you know, look at the players. Uh, Luke Amos is a brilliant example. He went away on loan last season to Stevenage. People like me, similar to what I just said about Connor Hoglib, is, yeah, well, he's going to be sold. You know, mm. there, there's no real place for him at the club. He's kind of a central defender slash defensive midfielder. He was outstanding at Stevenage, you yeah. know, really outstanding. But then you kind of temper that with yourself saying, yeah, but, you know, that's, that's League One, whatever, you know. League Two. <laughs> yeah, League Two, exactly. You know, you know what is it going to translate? He came back and he was great on that USA tour. He trained ridiculously hard. He really impressed the manager. And at the start of the season, before the poor so-and-so got injured, he was very much part of that first-team squad. Mm. Very much part of it deservedly so so 
any of those players there that have gone out on loan must look at that and go, right, if I do well and the reports say how well I'm doing, I could be playing, you know, next season on the pre-season tour. I will get a chance. I know I'll get a chance. All I've got to do is take it. And it's desperate for one of them to. Now, the last player out on loan is Samuel Shashua. I'm probably saying that wrong as well, but I don't care because I like saying it that way. He's at Atletico Baleares, and he's doing brilliantly. He's played five games, scored once, two assists. Uh, Anyone who doesn't know, he's 19 years old. And again, he's playing in that Son Lucas kind of role. He's faster than Marcus. He's more like a traditional winger. Uh, Again, very tricky, beats people. But, um, yeah, if you've not not seen him, he, uh, all of these kids are on Twitter. I say kids, but you know what I mean? They're all on Twitter. Um, they all get retweeted of, like, little highlight videos and stuff. Uh, Samuel at Atletico Belares, they have got a tiny little Twitter account. You know, they're a small club, and they put out videos of him on a regular basis and some of the stuff he's doing for him in games. You know, people can argue about the level he's at. He's in essence playing in League One, but in Spain. All right. Um, people might wonder why we sent him off and why we sent Edwards to Holland and stuff. They are very, very skillful technical players. In the lower leagues in England, they will get their legs broke. Yeah. This is the blunt fact. In these leagues abroad, they're going to get the chance to express themselves. Stuff now, people can argue, yeah, but they we want them to come back and play in the Premier League. Well, the Premier League's not quite League One, League Two. Trust me. Watch some League One and League Two games. They should, if those games were refereed at Premier League, red cards everywhere. Mm, <laughs> so yeah. there is a definite difference, and it's just we want these players, their young players, to develop and not have their confidence stomped out of them by some thirty-six-year-old journeyman who don't like being nutmegged. <laughs> All right, so there you go. That's that's the blunt fact of it. So that is my loan update. What do you think? Yeah, awesome. Listen, don't beat yourself up over calling them kids, mate. I know, like yeah. Dan's a bit of a youngster, but to us too, mate, they are kids. Aren't they? Yeah, isn't that the truth? <laughs> I I pressed myself the other day because someone, I think it was in our Spurs chat, actually. They were talking about, oh, doesn't it make you feel old seeing so-and-so coming to the end of his career? I said, I'll tell you what makes me feel old is the fact I remember Ryan Giggs making his debut as an academy player that no one had ever heard of. Now he's retired and the manager of Wales. I remember Lampard, I remember Terry, Gerrard, all of these players, the golden generation, have now sodded off and are like retired and becoming managers. Yeah. That's, well, that's bad. It's incredible. I was, it's, it was me that started the conversation, Sam. It was, I was oh, watching. Was I'm trying you. to think. I know it's Luke. Luke. <laughs> yeah, sorry, mate. It was Luke. I'm trying to remember who they were playing. It was Luton versus. Can't think of the team they were playing, but there was um, Pot. I recognise the name Potts yeah. and Moncur as well. Yeah. And yeah. obviously those those two are the, the, the kids of um, John Moncur and uh, <laughs> Steve Potts when it for yeah, West Ham. Yeah. But they I was thinking, oh, they must be youngsters are coming through, but they're like sort of 26, 27 themselves and they're the children. I can remember their dad's playing. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yes, it's a dark time. It's to be dark. honest with you, it's, it's, it's a dark, dark time. <laughs> I, I don't know where to go. I did see the other day that like Teddy Sheringham's kids coming through the academy. Yeah. And I was just like, no, no, no. <laughs> no, no please. Gosh. And then, yeah, and then you've got, um, currently in our academy, you've got Pochettino's youngest son, who's Maurizio, with yeah. a Z, not Mauricio. Let's see, it's Mauricio, just to confuse everybody. Thanks, Pop. 
And you've also got uh, Timu Tainio's son, Maximus. Oh, really? No way. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, he's an animal. <laughs> Love him. He's brilliant. Yeah. Um, me and you are going to have to go watch an Academy game at some Definitely, point. You'd love yeah. it. You, you, I would, yeah. The one thing I'd say is you could easily get addicted to it. Yeah. I know it's going to sound daft, but you go to them and you just see them playing football out of this sheer joy, if you like. It's, yeah, sure. It's per- more personable because there's not many people there. And, you know, it's basically, yeah, it is. it can become very... Oh, well, I'll just go and watch this. Much better. Yeah, sure. Yeah, no, I'll hold you to that. And also, do you know, we I want to watch a, a, a Spurs ladies match because yes. they're on fire at the moment. <laughs> Big time, mate. That's like we planned that because the next thing I'm going to talk about is Spurs ladies. Oh, yeah, nice. the, the Spurs ladies team are doing phenomenally well. Um, They faced probably their biggest game of the season so far against Lose. It was the Sunday just gone. Um, we were second in the table, lose were third. Uh, we have 100% record so far. We were at their ground and we went 1-0 down, which, you know, it felt very spursy. Oh, that word. <laughs> but we were one all straight away. Uh, goal from Baptiste. Love saying that name, by the way. We need to get her on the podcast just so I can say Baptiste 4,000 times. And annoy her. And, and yeah, and then her never speak to me ever again. And then we had a double from Dean, who's absolutely banging them away for us this season. And we came back and won 3-1. Awesome. So we are still the only team in the division with a 100% record. We are still second because we had a game postponed due to a waterlogged pitch. So we are second to Manchester United, who have thrown their financial clout behind their ladies' team this year. So, yeah, there's always one team in a league ruining it for everybody else by being a rich git. And, uh, <laughs> I did look yeah. at the t- I looked at the table, Sam. They've got like, Manchester United got a ridiculous goal difference yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, they're they're not just beating teams; they are marmalising them. Uh, <laughs> we've not played them yet, though, and I'm confident we're, we're yeah. Yeah, we're going to do okay. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be all right. I, I also desperately want to get one of the ladies on for the podcast. Jenna Scalacci is the captain. I think I may have said this before. I want to ask awesome her if she's related yeah. to that striker. Yeah. Scalacci. <laughs> I, I also love saying Scalacci. <laughs> but yeah, so I've been in talks with them for a while now. And it's, I mean, they're just so frantically busy because yeah. the ladies are semi-professional. I mean, they all have full-time jobs as well as playing football for Tottenham, which is phenomenal. You know, the, the commitment they put in, they deserve so much credit. And... Uh, so yeah, as soon as time is available, we are going to talk to them. They're going to be on the podcast. They can hopefully answer some of the fans' questions about the ladies' game and the ladies' team, and also just give everyone a little bit more insight into what they're doing. And and trust me, it's far more family orientated. So if you've got kids, boys, girls that love football, you want to get them down there to watch. Um, it's a far more family orientated game. There's much less of the, uh, shall we say, more colourful language you get at most football games, which is great <laughs> for the younger kids. Because I don't know about you, mate, but there's nothing worse than coming away from a football stadium and my daughter looking up at me saying, Dad, what does... No, don't, don't, no, don't say that. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Well, you know that C word that man said? No, I don't remember. You know, he said the referee was a right... No, he didn't. No, he didn't. You misheard. Yeah, you completely misheard. He said runt. Runt. It meant he's small. Oh. Well, when I get home, I'll ask mummy. No, you do not. Here, have some sweets. 
<laughs> How many of these sweets is it going to cost? So yeah, uh, any any most parents I think would <laughs> would prefer to have a have their child not learn all the new words every weekend. But yeah, there yeah. we go. So, they play. Um, they play at Chesendon, they say. Is that where they play their home games? They do, man. Yes, yes, they yeah. do. Um, but I'm, I'm not going to give too much away because I want them to come on the podcast because I know they're listening. <laughs> I know you are, so don't. And I hope Jenna Scalacci is listening because I like saying her name over and over again. And Baptiste. I feel bad now. I feel like I should say all their names. But yeah. um, I should also say from the game at the weekend, the goalkeeper Morgan saved the penalty right before half time. And yeah, that was kind of really essential. Yeah, <laughs> you know, three yeah. one up. If it had gone to three two, the second half could have been very different away. But no, brilliant. Yeah, they did really well. And you're right, they are on fire. It's it's great to see. So the ladies are doing great. The academy teams continue to do brilliantly. The under eighteens are still undefeated. Uh, the under twenty three side. The focus really for the under twenty threes is the players to be available for the first team, uh, obviously, and just bring through some of the younger ones to play against older players to get them more ready for first team football so i always don't really pay very much attention to leagues and stuff for the academy teams because the general you know who gives a crap who wins the youth cup no one does really it's it's a nice thing but in reality you want to be developing players to go on to play for the first team which is something that Tottenham are doing yeah sure so just to touch on that, just to round off on that, because I was, I just thought because I know we're coming up to Matt Stats time, and you know there are people currently listening to this podcast thinking I've not heard Matt Stats yet. Get on with it, Sam. Shut up. This is why I'm here. You this said is why it, the people are here. We have subscribed for Matt Stats. Um, just to round off that, I, I was talking to someone the other day about academy players coming through, and you've got the Harry Kane generation of academy players now that included ryan mason andros townsend tom carroll um and i'm forgetting someone i know i am oh nabil bentaleb those players all came through and you know tim sherwood gave them the shot because of the score pochettino then refined it and put them into the team so that's five players that have come through our academy that did make it in the first team and then did go on even though we sold them to make it as players in top divisions established players yeah established yeah. players you yeah. know not just kind of flashing a pan or or down in the championship after playing a couple of games for us they are mm. you know still going and obviously harry kane's done all right yeah he's gone yeah, he's gone on to do okay i think he's, he's doing all right i mean like, don't give him too yeah. much credit <laughs> yeah don't don't give him too much i think probably the one who hasn't done the most out of that's tom carroll who i'm still really pissed at because he blocked me on twitter for making a joke on transfer deadline day what did you say oh, this is it right i didn't tag him i don't believe in tagging footballers i think that's an asshole thing to do if i'm watching a game and i think oh bloody hell sissoko what have you done i'm not gonna tag him so the poor git gets to the change rooms loads his phone he's got forty thousand messages on twitter going, abuse, you are yeah. shite oh, no don't do that you know, no what's, i agree what's with the you point? so i literally wrote tom carroll at the end of deadline day so on transfer deadline, everyone was expecting him to be sold everybody was expecting him to be sold his contract was up and transfer transfer deadline went in past and there lo and behold he was there and i posted a gif of a guy poking his head up from behind a wall having been hiding the whole time so i was like this is tom carroll hiding from his phone on deadline day the little the little toe rag clearly google searched or twitter searched his name 
and has gone through everybody who talked about him on that day and has blocked and it wasn't just me I'm talking like th- hundreds of Tottenham fan accounts but woke up the next day and went why has Tom Carroll blocked me what the hell all because we were having conversations about oh wow he's still with us I've been one of his biggest fans the little toe rag so yeah you rot it Swansea you little barster not my fan not a fan anymore anyway can, can so, I just on that note can I just quickly tell you a story that isn't please. Spurs related or even sports related but it's okay. related to what you're just talking about yeah yeah the last person who's blocked me on Twitter is uh, have you heard of that guy Christopher Maloney that used to be on X Factor no mate no I think he was on Celebrity Big Brother as well I think no but I he, don't do any of that but he put he put a tweet out. I don't, I don't follow him, but he put a tweet out uh, saying, "I've just finished my autobiography. What what do I call it?" So <laughs> someone, no, that's asking for trouble. <laughs> so someone I someone who I do follow on Twitter has basically put on there. Christopher Maloney is asking for autobiography title. Yeah. I suggest you go on there, but he blocks you as soon as you put something on there. He says, I challenge yeah. you, and you, you had to put a picture of him blocking you. So every yeah. time anyone put any a criticism or anything that was funny, he got they got yeah. instantly blocked. So I thought, oh, challenge accepted. So yeah. I, I said to him, I tweeted, his, I applied to his tweet and said, why don't you call it whoops? Because then that will save the Asda staff having to put the, the sticker on your book. <laughs> <laughs> I got blocked within 30 seconds. <laughs> Bravo. Oh, that's good. <laughs> And also very well thought out and restrained. I think I think I could have gone far far more nuclear if, if my goal was just to be blocked. But uh, yeah, Tom Carroll, little squirt. Yeah, do you know what? Me. Talking about no, Tom Carroll, going back on topic, he, yeah. he calling him a little squirt. That's I think yeah. that's really. I mean, I know that's not what you're what you're just uh, yeah. where you're getting to alluding to with it. But he, I think that was always his problem. Like he never. He never like he was always just a little boy. Like he was, he yeah. had, obviously clearly had the talent, and still has, I think. But I remember watching him, no, like he, you know, the season before he left, and he looked like a little boy in a, on a man's pitch, basically. Yeah, he, he he never developed um, physically to the level of where you'd expect the Premier League footballer to be. Mm. He, there's no crime in being small in demeanor and stuff, but you've got to have a bit of an edge to you. Harry Winks is not a big built, solid midfielder. But no one messes with him. No, you know he yeah. is like a rottweiler. You, yeah. you watch him; he's in people's faces. He's talking all the time. He will not back down from anybody. Mm. That's the difference. Yeah, that is a big difference. But yeah, Tom, go f- yourself. Anyway, <laughs> so I'm, I'm bitter about that. But yeah, so the academy tell, team's mate. coming through. You then got Josh Onoma. You've got Harry Winks, etc., coming through. Uh, Marcus Edwards is there, but you know he hasn't done anything in the first team. Cameron Carter Vickers. So those players are coming through now. These players have been loaned more than they've got, but of course, Pochettino has talked a lot about that. He's talked about the fact that when he arrived, Tottenham were fighting for a UEFA league place and throwing Mason, Kane, Tanga, etc. These players in, that was fine, but. To throw these younger players in now when you're fighting for titles and fighting for Champions League, you know, progression, it just doesn't work. They need to be up a level again. So we were producing players for Premier League. Now we need to produce players from the academy for the Champions League. You know, we need Mm. to be producing players who can really come in and step up. Winks has been able to do that. I'm still a big fan of Josh Onoma. I still think he can do it. And I still think Cameron Carter-Vickers can. So we're going to see what happens with them after their loans. But coming through behind that again, we've got this conveyor belt now where every season there are at least one to two, maybe even three players who can contribute to the first team. 
Oliver Skip. I've been saying his name on this podcast since we started. I've been saying his name to poor Dan, who's an admin on Spurs News, for as long as he will listen to me. (laughs) So much so he is probably sick of me talking about him. (laughs) To me, he is the next big thing in our academy, and I've said that for a long time. He has everything. Mm. Keep an eye. That that's the player. I really, really think there's something special there, and he could be a massive, massive player for us, potentially saving us like forty million on a signing because mm. he is that good. Really, he is. And the sooner we start seeing him in the first team, the you know the sooner he starts bedding in, learning, the better for me. He, he got uh, didn't he get player of the month for the uh, for the under twenty threes? Yeah, yeah, at eighteen years old. Yeah, yeah, he is. He is developed. He is ready. He genuinely is. I mean, it, like sixteen, he was playing in the under eighteens team, which is a big feat when you think about size and you know growing up. Sixteen to eighteen is quite a big step, mm. and it really is when you watch some of these youngest players. You know, if you anyone follows the under eighteens results, every now and again you'll see some team get an absolute hide in, and you think to yourself, "Oh wow, what happened there?" Uh, Tottenham smashed West Ham recently. I mean, like really gave them a hide in. The main reason being is because West Ham had to field a lot of 16-year-olds that day. There is a big gulf, a massive, massive gulf between you know, 16, 17, 18, both physically and also just in the level of football that you've been playing for the few years. So, of course. Yeah, it is something to keep an eye on. But, my friend, that that's me finished rabbiting on. It's time for what everybody has been waiting for, what everyone's been crying for me to shut up and let happen. It's time for Matt's stats. And now it's time for Matt's stats on the Spurs News Podcast. I think I should just do like a, a, a break off podcast just called Matt Stats. You know, I think that's where. It, where hey, don't, don't you start talking to me about doing break off podcast. No, you thought I was going to not bring this up. So, everybody, Matt's, Matt's a traitor. He's leaving. He's going to another podcast. Well, we're loaning him. There's a loan deal. Um, yeah, it's been worked out around. I think it's three beers and half a packet of crisps. We've agreed, <laughs> uh, but you're going to be speaking on another podcast soon. Which podcast is that, my friend? Yeah, so I was talking to a guy. They, it's called the Thing I Love Most Show, and they, yeah. they haven't been going for that long. I think they've been only going is for it, a couple is of. Is it about Tottenham or just? Yeah, that's in the song, isn't it? You know the the, oh, the no. yellow song. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, carry on. <laughs> but they um they do a I think they do a they, it's a podcast and it's also a YouTube show and I think they record from a pub in in uh, North London, a Spurs pub. Yeah. So uh, I've been talking to one of the guys and he said, come on. So uh, they've invited me over next week for their one and as long as it all goes okay and they like me, I f- we'll see if we can get one, one of their guys on our show, you know. And uh... Oh no, we're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Have another freeway, Sam. No. Oh no, no, I can't. I, I made so many freeway jokes, Laura's not talking to me. <laughs> It, it become really awkward, uh, and I didn't. It wouldn't be so bad, but I genuinely didn't know what the hell I was on about for a while. And then I was like, "All oh, right, I get it." <laughs> Oops! It's how it's how you know you are that old when you make say stuff like that, and you're looking at people like, "Why is everyone pulling a face?" Oh, yeah. I get it now. Yeah, yeah, in your endo, right over my head. But anyway, yeah, shoot, so my friend, that'll go, that'll go all right. So, but anyway, yeah, Matt's that. So bring it on. Right, so uh, on. 
Saturday, 3, 3 p.m. kickoff against uh, West Ham. We've been talking about it earlier, haven't we? I'll just give you a couple of stats on the uh, the, the sort of the, the history of us against West Ham in the Premier League. So we've played them 44 times, 121, drawn 9, lost 14. And under Potch, we've played them 8 times, 1-4, drawn 2, lost 2. Uh, Kane scored seven goals in uh, in his last seven games against uh, league games against West Ham, so he likes scoring against them. So hopefully he'll get a couple yeah, more on Saturday. So. But I, I, it just with the fixture being on a Saturday at three pm, it's one of those ones, isn't it? Where when it is, we're like, oh, Spurs are playing at three o'clock on a Saturday. That's yeah. odd. Yeah, but, it's, it's lovely though. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really. St- I um so I. I wanted to research how many games we we play on a Saturday, and it might just be my inability to to Google search properly. But I couldn't find like a, for example, a stat like or or a sort of short stat that would show it. So I did find a particular website that that listed uh, the the kickoffs of every game season by season. So I was like, okay. I'm not going to go through them all. No, I just no, went. I just went. <laughs> it was actually like making my eyes just go a bit dizzy just looking at one season. But look, this is incredible. Last season, we only played eight of our 38 league games on Saturday at three o'clock. Eight of them. There was right. a few games on a Saturday, that, but they were 12 o'clock kickoffs or they were an evening kickoffs. Only eight were at 3 p.m. I had to double check it. I was like, that seems so low. But I went for every single game, and it is literally just eight games, and it kind of um, it kind of makes sense a little bit because it does feel so unusual to have a, a Saturday three o'clock kickoff. Yeah, it does. But yeah, but, but, stra- but strangely, this season, so we've played eight games this season, and five of them have been at, uh, at Saturday at three o'clock, and obviously tomorrow or sa- uh, yeah. Saturday's one will make it six out of nine. So a couple more, and we've kind of hit last seasons already you know we're not even not even like a third of the way into the season so I, I don't know I mean a lot when I looked at when I looked at the games last season a lot of the the ones towards the end weren't 3pm kickoffs on a Saturday I think because we had an interest in Champions League qualification didn't we so the TV yeah. uh, Sky and BT I guess they're in their mind I'm guessing they just think they're going to be interesting games and, and get a bit more appeal with them but yeah, it's it's one of those ones where we, it's, it's a real rare thing. And when we was in when we was playing in um, before we used to qualify for the Champions League, and it was Europa League for us every season, it was even rarer because it had to be the, the three days afterwards, didn't it? So we'd play Thursday and then Sunday, so that knocked even more. Even the scheduled ones that were meant to be at Saturday at three got knocked, didn't they? So yeah, really I'm presuming it's even less. But I'm, I wasn't willing to go all through those seasons, mate. No, so no, the Jesus, last no, don't do that. <laughs> I wonder if I wonder if scheduling wise for that is because of the stadium. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It's, oh, it's a, who knows? Yeah, but. it's strange. But I, it, it made me think about the um, the Saturday free pin kickoffs, and this isn't like like I, I sort of alluded to earlier when we when we when we said we was going to bring this match stats up. This isn't Spurs related, but yeah. I'm hoping that people who listen find it quite interesting. And if they're not interested, they can just. Fast forward past and not get angry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so far away. So we've got this. This and you, this. I might be telling you personally something you know already, but I didn't know this until I researched it. So okay, we've got this blanket ban. Okay, that's there's no uh, football that's allowed to be played in this country on a Saturday afternoon between two forty-five and five fifteen. That's the that's the the, the window. Mm. Do, do you know why it is? 
No, go on. No. So it's a, a guy in the 1960s, a, a guy called Bob Lord, who was the chairman of Burnley at the time, basically persuaded the owners of all the other football clubs to vote in this, this blanket ban. And his his kind of logic behind it was that it would encourage fans to actually go to the games uh, as opposed to watch them. But there's some real troubling things about this. Oh, and bear in mind as well that the blanket ban, it, it, the only game it didn't include was the FA Cup final. I know we don't tend to play the FA Cup final now at 3 o'clock on a Saturday, no. but that, that game is the only one that's allowed to be played, uh, or, sorry, the only one that's allowed to be broadcast on television in in that window on a, on a Saturday afternoon. So yeah, the, the problems I have with it, the things to sort of bear in mind, is this guy, this Bob Lord, brought it in in the 1960s, okay? Now, everyone who's looking at their 65-inch flat-screen LED television and the quality of football that you watch on TV now, yeah. it was a bit different in the 60s, wasn't it? <laughs> you know? no, I, mean, I think yeah, time, your little yeah. black, black and white 15-inch box in the corner of your, TV, corner of your room, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a law that was created, it was a rule that's created that, that it's not relevant for 2018, you know? And they, and they the, the guy... This Bob Lord, the guy that brought the, the, the law in or, or encouraged everyone else to vote for it, actually hated television. So I can, I'm trying to put myself in, in a, yeah. someone in the 1960s. I guess, I guess it would be like, you know, a, tele, a television. I I'm presuming, not, you know, it was one of those things where maybe not everybody had them and it was yeah, quite a fairly and... new technology. And I think he was quite, fr quite, um, uh, uh, not frightens the right, right word. Well, perhaps he owns shares in radio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's probably just a technology that he's not too familiar with. Doesn't like it. I like it all to you know the traditional way. I like fans going to the to the games. This is not right. So he he, he was so against television that he actually banned the match of the day cameras from uh, filming the games at Turf Moor for five years. Oh, wow. So you couldn't actually watch. Early on television for five years, he actually banned cameras until he realised it was just a completely ridiculous idea. Yeah. But so, and another thing to consider as well is so I know obviously this was a, a rule that was put in by the chairman of Burnley in the 1960s, but today Burnley Stadium Turf Moor holds 22,500 uh, people in their stadium, around about 22,500. The population of Burnley is seventy three thousand, hmm. so they can't all go anyway. No. You know, even if there's no television blanket ban, you know, no, I know. It, it doesn't make sense. It's one of those really, really um, silly rules, I think. And obviously, you know, I'm not saying I do, but I'm sure there's people that stream uh, football matches from for foreign countries. You know, really? And, yeah, does, I know. Does that happen? I think so. I think so. Not, not that I do it personally, you know, but oh. I've heard of it happen. Oh, actually, this... do you mind just very quickly because this Go is on. something I, I, it's very difficult on our Facebook page, and I wanted to say this on the podcast because every time we post team news, people ask for links to games. I, we can't ever post anything like that and if we see it we're supposed to hide it now the reason why is some massive fan accounts were banned by facebook for what they classed as publishing or uh, advertising illegal streams mm. so we have got to be very careful as a page not to ever do that so you'll see when we post stuff and we post the team news we have a little bracket there that says televised you know, and we'll put yes, BT or Sky Sports or BBC or whatever. But then, if it's not on any of those, we'll say no, 
and yeah. people are always like, "Oh yeah, it is. It's on such and such a stream." Yeah, we c- <laughs> we can't get involved in that ever. Yeah. It's actually illegal. <laughs> Cause it is, yeah, because it is not worth it. <laughs> sorry, sorry, mate. I just thought that was a perfect opportunity to let everybody know that because I can't exactly write a post on the page saying it. <laughs> Good. I'm glad I give you yeah. the opportunity, mate. Yes. Hey. Carry on, old. <laughs> So just finally, um, it, uh, when I was researching this, one thing came up that, that answered this really puzzling question of mine. So okay. I don't think Sky... Is, is La Liga on BT Sports now, isn't it? I don't think Sky um, have a... Uh, do you know do they... what? I don't think it is on BT. It's on a, it's on a it's subscription not... online thing. It's, you, can't watch it on, you can't watch La Liga on Sky Sports anymore, can no, you? No, no, you can. But I don't think BT have got it. It's like someone random got it for the uk and uh, yeah i've not watched any of it yeah but but i but i, I remember because they, they used to um they obviously you know they showed a few games but i used to like watching the uh you know the uh classico isn't it real madrid versus yeah. uh, barcelona and because of this ridiculous ban whenever there's a whenever there's a kickoff in in um la liga that's 5 p.m uk time they can't show the first fifteen minutes of it because of this of this rule. Wow. So I know it doesn't matter anymore, but you know, if anyone was like, Why are they why can't I watch the first fifteen minutes of this game? That was why. Because the 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 ban is between two forty five and five fifteen. Now this just this just really highlights and encapsulates why it's such a ridiculous rule because you can't watch a, a, a game that's happening in, in Barcelona or you can't watch the first 15 minutes of it because of a rule made by someone in the 1960s who wanted more play or more supporters to come watch his team Burnley. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, that's interesting. So basically it was a rule brought in that was voted for by all the football clubs. Yes. Surely all of the football clubs now could change that. And yeah. it would be in their self-interest. Of course it would. Can you imagine a football club offering a streaming service? So, let's say a fan like me, I it is a nightmare for me to get to Wembley, genuinely. White Hart Lane used to be fine. Mm. So, that was such a nice ground to get to. The tube <laughs> to there, across to there. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> anyway, but <laughs> Wembley, asshole, right? Yeah. So, uh, and I'm not alone in that. I know I'm not. So... But genuinely, there are a lot of football fans, like Tottenham fans, all over the country that don't make it to games or go to games that are special occasions, you know, or, or make it to the old games, especially away games, perhaps. But they they don't get to them. Imagine if you had the opportunity to buy a season ticket from the club so you could watch every game live mm. at home on on your device or whatever. They'd make a fortune out of that. Yeah, of course they would, and you'd, you'd you'd buy it, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. Even even if I had tickets to go to some games, I'd probably buy the subscription, so I'd have the games as well. How many times have you gone to a game live and then watched the highlights when you got home? Yeah, all the time. <laughs> yeah, all the time. So you you probably get the season ticket holders because let's face it, they're diehard fans anyway, so they're just consumed by watching Tottenham. Yeah. Plus, you'd get all the people on the season ticket waiting list. Like, oh, brilliant! Yeah. I don't see, because I, I always think of it, going to the ground is going for the experience. I can watch Tottenham because of these streams that exist that I don't know anything about <laughs> anytime I want. But I, I want to go for the experience. I want to go for the atmosphere. That's not going to change. Access to these games televised is not going to change people wanting to go to the stadium. Yeah. You know, when, when I used to, uh, you know, change in the sport to rugby a second, I had a season ticket for Bristol Rugby for about three years. 
when I went, I wanted to go because I'd speak to the same people around me at every game. We'd have a laugh, we'd chat, we'd catch up. I got to know people from going to the game. It became like a social event. You know, it was mm-hmm. once a week, off I go, da 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 you know, home and away, travelling on the coaches with these people. It, you know, people that I still speak to this day, but I didn't know before meeting them at the games. So... It, I, it becomes a social thing, like the cinema. I don't go to the cinema every week, but when a new Star Wars film or something comes out, I'm not waiting for the DVD. I'm going to go and watch it at the cinema. It's, a, it's an experience. It's something you want mm. to go and see. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Tottenham are playing Barcelona. I can go watch them at the ground, or I can watch them at home on my laptop. I'd prefer to go and watch them at the ground. Mm. <laughs> it, you know, I don't see that it would make an impact. When you look at the way the world is now and the access people have to data, it makes far more sense to clubs to own that than it would ever for it to continue as it is. That's the, that's the thing. That's the thing, Sam. That's like, and you've hit the nail on the head there. This this rule was made up in the 1960s. Like like I say, people had an old black and white box television in in the corner. Things have drastically, drastically changed when it comes to technology. And also another thing that has changed as well is. Obviously, they, that was that was that rule was put in there to to encourage um, fans to go to the ground. Well, I mean, at the new stadium, at our new stadium, was it forty two thousand of us are going to be season ticket holders? Yeah. So that only actually makes twenty, and then you take away the corporate and everything. There's not many, there's not many tickets left seats left for you. You kind of you know did, did any fan apart from that. So you're not even if you even if you want to go, you can't go. You know. So this yeah. allows fans to watch it when they literally cannot go to the game. Yeah. It needs, it, needs, yeah. it needs to. It needs, it needs to change. It's, it's ridiculous. It's one of those ridiculous. It's like one of those, you know, those laws that have been around since the nineteenth century, where you yeah. can't say hello to a horse or something when it's walking. It's one of those stupid ones that. Why oh, is it mate, here? In... Do, you, do you want to know? Do you want to know my favourite one of them? Go on. In the county of Gloucestershire, <laughs> if a Welshman is seen past six p.m., I can kill him with my lombo. <laughs> Call it. <laughs> I spend every six to eight o'clock parading around, just waiting for one. Hello, boy! Yeah, bush. Gone. Get down, Shep. Yeah, anyway, uh, moving on from that very dated Blue Peter reference I just made. Uh, I said Blue Peter turned sixty this week. The kids' TV show, and my daughter likes the show. She's watching it. They're doing all this old stuff on there, like all the nostalgia things. And I, of course, saw the dog jump up, and the bloke say, "Get down, Shep." So I'm laughing to myself, thinking, "Wow, that kind of made its way into speech for everyone." You know, I still say, "Get down, Shep," when someone falls over. You know, I, uh, something my dad said, I say it, and she's looking at me and went, "Is that where that's from?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah." Like, Show so, my age now. Yeah, and she's like, "But that was he was telling the dog, why do you say it when people fall over?" I was like, "Oh, don't, don't, don't tug at that. Just leave don't, it. All right, yeah, just, just sit, leave it. There. Just sit and enjoy your show." <laughs> But yeah, um, you're right, mate. I think that rule has to change. How about me and you go on a campaign? Let's make yes. a quest. Yes. The Spurs news campaign to change that damn rule. Who's with yes. us? Yes. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, let's get some people on board. Yeah, I'm up for that. Yeah, oh. I haven't had a good fight for weeks. Yeah, yeah, that's that's rock and roll, my friend. Let's do that. Um, so yeah, the other thing that we have right now, of course, is our favourite thing. And to be honest with you, we don't have many this week. It is when we get comments and questions from our Facebook page. And now it's time for your comments directly from our Facebook page. Ah, 
And here we go. So we put a post on the Facebook page a little bit earlier on today. Uh, it was dead simple. Ask us any questions you want to ask or any points you want to hear discussed on the podcast. And at this time, it is two o'clock as I'm looking at this. My word, time flies when you're having fun. And here we go. So we have uh, Daniel B. So Daniel Beecroft, who is uh, part of the triad of presenters here on Spurs News, is asked. If Ericsson and Ali are both out, uh, he wanted to amend that to, obviously, if Ericsson's not fit enough to start, who do you think will be our creative player? Do you want to take that one, my friend? Yeah, I, we, we spoke about him earlier, Winks. I think Winks could uh, could do a good job, you know? Yeah. I, I think he, he's, he's got a, a bit of creative flair, and like you say, he's kind of... This could be the season that really uh, really establishes himself, you know, in, yeah. in, in the first team. So, yeah, I'd say, yeah, put him in there, you know? Give us a bit of a... He's, you know, by all means, he's not an Ericsson, but he could do a decent job, you know, in that kind of role. So, for me, yeah, Harry Winks, definitely. Okay. And Stefan Cruz Alvarez says, Is it possible, after all the hate for the internationals now not friendlies, <laughs> nicely put, <laughs> the players like Dyer and Kane have actually just played themselves into form? Could it be the same for other players too? Um, Yeah, I... I was talking about this the other day and I, I answered someone's comment about it. And this Harry Winks, I think, came out of having those extra minutes with England really well. You know, I think mm. against Spain, he really showed uh, really strength. I think Eric Dyer has managed to play himself back into form. Just that tackle, and, Sam. Played well, him back into form. Well, in, in the game, he looked a lot sharper. He looked more like himself. You know, he was quick in on people. He tracked people a lot better. His passing wasn't this kind of under-hit or over-hit. You know, he was nailing the long balls through. You know, he's like Toby Alderweireld too. You know, dunk, mm, off it yeah. went. Um, so, yeah, he looked a lot more like himself. And Kane was great. You know, he, he played his role in that game, which was dragging the Spanish defenders everywhere. They must have hated him that game mm. I mean he held the ball up so well and he created that second goal just by sheer persistence then taking the ball driving forward into space and then picking a pass just brilliantly um, so yeah I I, uh, I can't say enough about that I, they they really did do well and I'm hoping that that has given them that you know kick that lift you know these minutes might come in really well it's worth pointing out as well that Sonny did go on international duty. He will not be going on the next international window, which is in November. So, Sonny, part of the deal we did with Korea for him to play at the start of the season, he is going to get a break in November. He needs it. So, <laughs> yeah, the, the guy definitely needs it. I mean, he's fit as all, you know, he's fit as hell, to be honest yeah. with you. He really is. He gives everything every game. Um, but everyone watching him can tell he's, you know, <laughs> the kid's a bit knackered. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully. Yeah. We'll um we'll see some good stuff from him as well because he loves a goal against West Ham, the son. Yes, we love to seeing him score a goal Shut against up. West Ham. <laughs> <laughs> you tell him, son. You tell him, my son. Um, mate, I think that's us done. Um, awesome stuff. Massive thank you to everybody for listening. Uh, our listening numbers are going up every week. You crazy buggers! Thank you very much for joining in. Um, get in touch via the Facebook page facebook.com slash Spurs News if you've got any points or anything you want to hear us talk about certain subjects on the podcast hey if you want to get involved do uh, we're setting up a line soon which is basically going to be a telephone number you can text it you can ring and leave voicemails which we will then play if it's not obscene are we going to are we going to be facing a bleep machine then for the <laughs> 
probably not. No, we'll just go for it. We just put an adult warning on the on the well, podcast well, is, if we get There abused. is one anyway, because any time you know, someone at some point might mention soul mother... Oh, God, that's the worst swear word in there. And, and, you know, you need to have the expletive warning. So I always keep that on no matter what. <laughs> so, yeah, we could just play it and see what happens. But generally, I like that kind of ass-clenching moment of when you play something and have not heard it before. You don't know what they're going to say. <laughs> And, and we, we, record, we record this as a shoot, you know. We do this live, and if it if it's a mistake, it goes on there. Yeah, yeah. I, I very rarely edit anything, except for that week when you talked about all those women you were dating behind your wife's back. That, that, they, that I edited out. Grace doesn't listen. I'm, I'm a hero. I don't know if you if you do this, Sam, but you listen. Sometimes I listen back, and I'm like, oh my yeah. god, I've got that completely wrong. But you just it's live, isn't it? What can yeah. you do? No, uh, there was that one the one thing I got massively wrong, which I then when I posted the podcast, I couldn't edit it out just because I couldn't. So I I corrected it when I edited it and got a lot of stick for it. So that's fine. I don't care <laughs> whatever you want to say about me, mother. But yeah. Um. So yeah. All joking aside, that is us done. Big thank you to everybody for listening. Uh, we're still enjoying doing it, and we will be back next week. Take care, mate. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast. Be sure to join over 50,000 other Spurs fans on our Facebook page at Spurs News. Until next time, come on, you Spurs. And remember, to dare is to do.